0: Hi, welcome back to the Music Wing Podcast. I'm Matt Harden. I'm Michael Wade. I'm Colin Fahey.
1: And I'm Isabel Garland.
0: Thank you for coming back and listening to us this week. Uh, we do have a couple of announcements and updates to close out the year. For abandoned band and chorus folks, uh, we are working on our final virtual collaboration of the year. Um, so please consider participating in our version of Homeward Bound. Uh, you can visit bit.ly virtualband band five for details. This is again for both choral and instrumental students. And the deadline for submitting your recordings is this Sunday, June 14th at 5 p.m. So make sure you get your information in there or reach out to one of us if you need a little extra time.
2: From the drama front this week, uh, no major announcements to be had outside of just a general thank you and congratulations to all performing arts students. That's individuals who were in drama one, honors drama, or the newly uh, approved and uh, sought after tech theater course this year. Just wanted to give a shout out to all of those students. Congratulations on a phenomenal year. And also uh, to the multitude of students uh, who take all of our differing uh, music-based classes as well, Um, really, congratulations on a fantastic year. I know that uh, things are very sort of up in the air and different and has been this way for a little while. But as we sort of reach this home stretch here, just wanted to say congratulations and uh, really excellent work overall.
3: For Chorus, if you are still working on your video for Homeward Bound and you have any questions about your part, please let me know. I'm more than happy to help you with any um, any voice work you need, any, any uh, help you need in getting your part down. Um, and I do have those tracks out there for you, too. So please make sure you are doing that and getting that in by this Sunday. It would be very appreciative. And also, we have Vox Editions coming up. Those materials have been posted onto Classroom. The due date for them is June 19th, which is next Friday. Um, please make sure you, you submit all those materials through Flipgrid if you would like to be considered to be in the ensemble next year. And that's it for me. Thanks.
0: Just a general announcement to everyone. Um, our 2020 Performing Arts Award Ceremony premiered on Saturday and it's on, out on YouTube. So if you missed it, please feel free to uh, to rewatch it and uh thank you for tuning in we had a bunch of people tune in on saturday night to uh to watch it in real time when it premiered and a bunch more views after that so it's all about you uh and we were happy to um to make that happen for you guys so please um take some time and relish in your accomplishments and check out the uh the video yearbook too there's a lot of good memories in there that will make you feel pretty good about everything that we've been able to do even despite where we find ourselves now, so um, definitely worth a trip down memory lane for that. Uh, and thank you to my colleagues for um, your help in putting that all together. Biggest thank you goes out to Matt
2: Harden for putting it all together. You, for my quite friend, literally
3: putting it together. Thank you, yeah. Matt Harden.
0: Yeah, we love you
2: so so much. So much beautiful work. So much good stuff.
0: Uh, back at you guys for sure. Um, so today, as it's our our last episode of. Um, the pod for you know for the summer. Um, we thought we'd look back and look forward at some of the things that we've discussed and maybe touch on a few things. Um, but uh, you know, sort of looking at closing out this year, uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty about what next year is going to look like. Whether that's revolving around instrumental music and marching band and um even sports. Will sports happen and what will that look like to what our classrooms will look like, um whether we'll be in a fully remote model, some sort of hybrid, or maybe uh with with a lot of luck, you know, in an in, in-person um all the time setting. So those are the three big um sort of scenarios that I've heard. And I'd be curious to hear how each of you think um you might adapt what we love and do in changing the, uh, the how, but maybe not the what, um, thinking about how we can still, uh, reach our students and for students that are listening to this, how you can remain involved in, um, being creative and making music and drama together, um, in any of those sort of scenarios. So I, I am, I am interested to hear what this brain trust has to say. Cause I think, Uh, between us and between our students, we have a lot of good things happening and that we've been able to sort of pilot through the last three months. Um, But it could look very different going forward. So what do you guys think? I will say, um, and uh, again, uh, as
2: always, we tie it back around to you guys, the students. Um, Since this whole uh, closure thing has sort of taken place, uh, I've really been surprised in a lot of instances specifically with a few students, a few drama students uh, who have created what's known as a digital drama club via Instagram. Uh, uh, Shout out to uh, Julia Cross, who is uh, doing a lot of work on this. And I believe they are actually herself in collaboration with other uh, uh, students from the surrounding districts and areas are putting together some form of a devised piece. And for those of you who aren't incredibly familiar with what a devised piece is. Essentially, you take one basic idea that a whole group works on, and it could be in the form of everyone writing individual monologues or scenes, and then uh, working collaboratively, you bring all of those pieces together to try to achieve one basic idea. Um, that is something that they are working on currently. I know that they've also been doing consistent weekly workshops. I had the great privilege of being able to teach a Meisner workshop a while back. And, um, I will say in relation to the zoom culture, if we want to sort of call it that, uh, it, it, I think that we can still strive to find opportunities to connect with each other and to create together. Uh, nothing's ideal at the moment, which I'm sure all of you guys can agree with, but the idea being if we can continue to have that connection and sort of strive towards it, you know, the sky's the limit. I've heard uh, instances of schools in the surrounding area completely remounting their shows since quarantine uh, on virtual platforms. Uh, I heard uh, somebody completely completely re-choreographed and re-blocked their show in Minecraft, which I thought was thoroughly fascinating and amazing. I I don't know how you do that, but it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to sort of taking a look at. Um, Yeah. And I don't mean to ramble at the same time. I think, you know, now is the opportunity for us to really lean on our uh, creative Sort of um, energy and work together collaboratively to find the opportunities where we can still perform. You know, and none of it's going to be ideal. At the same time, I think you know we we have a lot of options at the moment.
1: I think it will, on a positive side, it's going to bring a lot of teachers together, a lot of colleagues from all different experience levels. Um, Because I know going into my job next year, because things are going to be different no matter if things, if the guidelines, you know, get less, a little more loose as things get closer to the fall. But every teacher at every experience level is going to be going in with the same, um, with no knowledge of, of how to do this before. Cause no one's ever had school like this. Cause remote learning is not going to be the same thing as what school is going to be like when we go back next year. So right, everyone's right. going to be at like the same level, which will be re- really interesting to see new teachers, teachers that have some experience, and teachers who have done the same thing for 20 years, it, it will be interesting to see how everyone adapts, and hopefully everyone <laughs> works together and and helps each other out.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think they will. I, I, I think people are definitely going to band together, especially to help those new people that are just coming on board. Um, I think for me, for me, I'm in the boat where I feel like I need to be doing a lot of uh, reading, Like I need to be immersing myself in a lot of different kinds of uh, musical materials, not just like the regular like choral and vocal pedagogical stuff that I'd normally read, you know, in my summer months, but like really trying to branch out and look at maybe some bigger, uh, bigger ideas as far as what kind of umbrella we're putting the arts under, like, how do we build meaningful experiences, period? How do we build a community, period? Like These are the things that we do at the most base level with our basic activities. And since we can't have those, I think that the most important thing is to try to find ways to supplement that kind of learning, that kind of community, and those kind of meaningful experiences, whatever they might be. So I'm trying to right now make my mind sort of zoom out a little bit and see what's the bigger picture here. And what do you guys think about that? I think that's a great
0: point, Mikey. Um, I think we
3: all need to,
0: to sort of look at the big picture a little bit and say, what are the students going to need from us as arts educators when school resumes? And start from that, You know what, what do our kids need from us? What does our community need from us? And how can we, how can we provide um, the social and emotional learning that so many of them are going to be craving? Having not been in contact with each other for so long, um, and and what a what re- needs to be repaired there from a human standpoint, um, yeah. and luckily the vehicle that we all have is is music and art and drama, and what a what better vehicle is there to deliver that social and emotional learning, um, so I think I think that's going to be super important. Uh, It's going to be a very philosophical summer for me. It's going to be a lot of really thinking and and, um, rethinking. And I saw somewhere that we have to take whatever our philosophy statements that we wrote in grad school or in undergrad or (laughs) have revised (laughs) since then Mm -hmm. and (laughs) revise them again because it, it needs to be very different. I mean, if we're talking, you know, for many of us, we got into this to to be ensemble conductors and to work with ensembles, and that's not that vehicle as we know as we knew it in March, as of March twelfth, doesn't exist and probably won't exist for a little bit longer. Um, so, how can we, how can we, you know, recreate um, the feeling of that, the the importance of that, the the healing power of that? you know in, in new ways and and you know not again going back to this idea of not changing the what of what makes what, what we do so special and so meaningful but changing the delivery method so i heard somebody i heard somebody liken this to um you know what how we used to get videos you know you go to blockbuster and you'd browse around and you'd bring home some vhs or some dvds eventually and now we have netflix and 8000 other streaming services And, you know, the 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 how has changed, but we still watch movies and TV and videos and all of that. So I think we need to think about our delivery method. And I think we need to think about finding the core of what is important, what our students need, and then figuring out a way to connect those two. That's how I'm looking at
1: it. I hope people are journaling like teachers are journaling their experiences from this year and maybe a little bit from last year, too. Because I kind of realized now that I'm almost 22, this is the first year that I've been cognitively aware that this is like a historic, a very important historical year. Because I was alive when 9-11 happened, but I don't remember it, I was only three. And this is, I'm like cognitively aware now that like 2020 is going to be an incredibly important year in history. And I hope teachers, and I'm gonna try to do this once I start teaching, is writing down experiences of what's happening. And I know like um, Matt, you've been writing on Facebook every every day and I think that's gonna be super interesting looking back on it in years to come and, see, and seeing your experiences and how they're different. Uh, especially cause my I found my grandmother's old college yearbook, which I'll talk about um, during quarantine and chill, but it's really interesting to read how like music education has changed since like the fifties. Yeah, I, I just hope people are writing down their experiences because I think it'd be cool to look back on in the future.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. A, a journaling is going to be important and sharing that with each other as a community is going to be really important. Um it's something you said really kind of jogged my my memory here. And, you know, we think about we think about how difficult it is to let go of what we all were familiar with and love and at at many points in human history and in the history of education we've had to let go of things and that's led to where we were before, you know where we were a couple you know a couple months ago and it it's really hard to let these things go because it's what we know and it's how we were trained but i think there's a really, and this is completely silver lining here, um, but there is a ver- very real possibility that our profession comes out even stronger and embraces the, the um, knowledge and expertise of our youngest teachers in, in the process of doing that and, and becomes more open and more communicative and more collaborative. Um, I mean, I know I've collaborated more with colleagues uh, from across the state and the country more in the last three months than I ever have before. And I think there's a very positive um, outcome to that. And, and I think we're still learning what that might be. But you're absolutely right, Isabel. We are, you know, and it's, it's completely overused, but we are living through unprecedented times. This is a his- historical moment for the world. And we are sort of at the front lines, helping our kids navigate that. What a what an awesome responsibility that we all have. And you know, speaking for the folks on this on this podcast, uh, you know, I think we are all dedicated to making sure that we do that in the best way possible.
2: I'm so glad you you put it that way, Matt. Because you know, I, I think and this is me just clearly being devil's advocate, but one of the big things that I've said to myself uh, recently, especially when things really do get tough in relation to the remote learning and, you know, moving forward with these ideas of what we want education to be versus what it's going to be. um, I think at a base level, one thing that we can all achieve very easily is this idea of, connection and unification um i know we we do daily uh music wing sort of <laughs> office hours and i will say some of the most rewarding moments for myself not only just as an educator but as a human being has been those half an hour phone calls where you know we'll we'll talk about some things in relation to school but it's also just that familiar uh, familiar connection that we would have with those students with each other, um, you know, the the conversations that sort of ramble on that don't necessarily have a head, those are the situations where you're able to sort of really uh, tap back into what's important, which, you know, again, uh, as an educator, obviously the education is important and I'm very much looking forward to the different ways that I can continue to put that stuff out there. But, um, you know, uh, uh, maybe maybe especially uh, Mike and Matt, if you wanted to speak to this, it's, uh, the connection is everything. And I think especially from a creative standpoint where we're all creative educators, you know, there is a uh, high capacity for um, uh, passion and connection that I think we can consistently still put out there no matter where we are, whether we're socially distanced, whether we end up back in the classroom or in the rehearsal room or on stage. um, It doesn't take a whole lot to just establish that connection and keep it there, even to just reach out to somebody and just say, Hey, I'm thinking of you or uh, Hey, you know, I was reading this thing and I thought you'd be interested by it. And you know, it's, it, it definitely does start at a very uh, sort of remedial level as to what you could do to sort of push ourselves in that direction. I don't know. I I I don't mean to ramble on the idea, but uh, it was something I was thinking about.
3: No, I agree with you completely. And something else that you made me think of as you were talking about that. You know, we're talking about making these connections with our students, and we have the means to do that. <clears throat> but I think, in addition to the collaboration that, uh, as you were saying, Matt, that we're hoping to have within the music community. Um, I think our inner school community and the collaboration there needs to be even more on point too, because as I think these last few months have shown, we are still trying to find the right balance for our kids as far as the work that we're assigning to them. And as much as we want to provide the meaningful experiences, if the kids are being too overwhelmed by other forces inside the school to receive those experiences, then it's not going to work out. So we have to do a better job of collaborating all together as a faculty, I think, and that's going to require some really special leadership from a bunch of people.
0: From all of us, you know, I think, I think we're all going to have to step up and lead. Absolutely. Um, And, and I think uh, a lot is going to have to have to come from our student leaders too. And I know we've extorted the, um, the, the virtues of our, our wonderful student leaders here on, on many, <laughs> yeah, many, of these they're, podcasts, they're, many of these podcasts. They're so, um, so brilliant. So well, so good. So good. Um, But I think the students need a voice and I think the students need to advocate for what's important. And that kind of leads us into our next, maybe our next category here. Um, and uh, you know, one of the assignment one of the last assignments that I've given to the band this year is to record a brief video about what being in the arts and what being in music means to them uh and some of the some of the things that have come up are actually really beautiful uh, and i want to thank every single person who's submitted one of those it it's very important as we look at what's happening a- around the country um and you know i have colleagues that our teachers in the Randolph Public Schools right now, uh, where they have announced cuts to art, music, and PE district wide. Um, this is happening, and this is happening everywhere. And and you know, as much as we as practitioners and as teachers can can advocate for this, I think the most powerful voice in all of this is the people who are on the front lines. Communicating that they want this and need this, so the students and the parents um, need to have a voice at the table, and that vo- that voice can come in many forms. It can come in participating in in public meetings. It can be your vote if you're 18 and older. Um, it can be you know social media. But you know, I I think this is a time that is if you value what we've been talking about, and if you value your experiences in um, in the arts, in school, now is the time to make your voice heard, because there are a lot of decisions being made about what school will look like. And if you, like us, can't imagine school without art and music and PE, maybe, um, that's um, that's on the table. and And that's something that I think we all need to be aware of. And again, I'm not trying to get too political here, but I think knowing that you have power in your voice is, is something that's really, really important for you to know. So, you know, whether you, whether you support it or not, or whether you, you know, feel moved to be an activist at this point, um, there's a lot of things to be active about and the young people have a lot of power in your voice. So um, don't feel like you don't have that you, you do have a lot of tools at your disposal to, to reach out and to, to make a difference. So I'd encourage you to, to feel empowered and to, and to make your voice heard.
2: Couldn't uh, put it better in yeah. any other way, Matt, that's, that's exactly, that's perfect. And, and I know I'm backtracking a little bit, but that was, that was arguably one of the smoothest transitions ever. By the way, from topic to topic, <laughs> we're by
0: we're, episode ten. We're finally getting. It. This is what I'm
2: saying. This is what I'm saying. We are we are hitting our stride right here and now. You heard it here, folks. Um, but yeah, uh, and uh, I got again. I I don't really have a whole lot to add because uh, thank you, Matt. That's really that's really a great way to put that. And I think on multiple fronts, whether we're talking about education, whether we're talking about things going on in society at the moment or just anything that you feel strongly about, know that you do have a voice and that if you feel that you don't, you should definitely come together with who you can or, uh, reach out, try to collaborate because multiple voices can also, uh, make change. And, you know, you do have the power to do that in the situations where you feel, uh, strongly about something. So
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So, shall we move into quarantine and chill? We Let's got some do it. Stuff on
1: the docket? Looks very Yeah, iconic. we got some stuff. We're
0: we're a little backlogged this week, so. Yeah. yeah. Colin <laughs> Colin talk to us.
2: Okay. All right. So, um quarantine and chill. Uh, as uh, from where I'm coming from right now, um and I'm going to be relatively brief with this first one right here. Um and I think I might have brought this up A few weeks back, not 100% sure, but uh, I recently finished up the Watchmen TV series, which is available on HBO. And I just want to say uh, the caveat here being that, uh, as we've talked about with a couple other things, it's just like I don't condone everything that came out on this show. And, you know, just so we're all on the same page, I'm not condoning some of the actions that are taken mostly uh it stems from a point of uh what what is considered vigilante justice and superheroes and all of those sort of aspects you know a fictional world yes but one thing i will say is that having watched it i actually uh, crushed the whole series this past week um i found it to be extraordinarily eye-opening and timely because uh, the Watchman story is something that was created, I believe, in the early 80s, uh, talking about sort of a dystopian, futuristic time in, where, uh, in which uh, things do not function the way that they normally did. Um, all I'm going to say is that I personally was very uh, sort of moved by it. You know, obviously, I, I really love the storyline. But at the same time, if you're looking for something that uh, you could sort of sink your teeth into, again parental discretion advised and approved and all said things. Um, Really, really a great television show. Some awesome acting going on. The writing is phenomenal. Uh, It bounces around through different time periods. So you get a lot of overlapping perspectives on similar things. Um, Very, very interesting to say the least. Uh, But to move on to something a little bit more light, uh, (laughs) I have recently uh, been doing a deep dive on rediscovering any covers of songs that I learn. Um, I've been in a couple of different bands over the past like five years where exclusively we were cover based bands playing upwards to like three hour sets, all based in covers. So I'm really pulling into my mind and trying to like uh, remember all the covers that I learned. (laughs) And it's very interesting for, and um, you know, I'm sitting here with three excellent uh, musicians Um, it's really amazing the rediscovery of how comfortable a chord progression can feel or the rediscovery of what a song can do for you emotionally and what it can do for you spiritually. And um, there's something to be said for just uh, reconnecting with this idea of creation. And again, you know, sort of finding these uh, things that were really important to you. So um, if I have to say anything, I'd say, you know, if you're looking for something to do during your free time and you are musically inclined just sit down with the instrument and see what comes out of it i guarantee you'll find something uh, worthwhile and productive there uh one other thing that i watched this week and actually uh was a part of an assignment for my classes was i watched the royal shakespeare company's 2018 touring production of hamlet uh that's hamlet by our buddy billy shakes uh, and was just really moved by uh, the representation of this piece. I'm consistently floored by what Royal Shakespeare Company does with uh, these amazing classical texts that, of course, as I say in class all the time, you know, Shakespeare's timeless and it's for a reason. Um, it's amazing to see correlations within performances. Uh, I was really thoroughly taken by the set and costume design aspects of the piece, and I just want to give a shout-out one particular performance, and uh, I'm gonna try to pronounce this correctly here. Uh, His name is Papa Essiedu, and he plays Hamlet, um, a a British, uh, really, really just phenomenal actor. And if you're looking for uh, a really fantastic representation of uh, the to be or not to be speech, go ahead on YouTube, look up Hamlet RSC 2018 Papa Essiedou, uh, you will not be, uh, you will, you will not be sorry. It really is one of the greatest, uh, deliveries of that piece that I've ever seen. And the last thing I'm going to end out with just cause I'm so incredibly happy about it is I'm now completely moved into my new spot. Uh, everything is in its right place and it feels good. Most importantly, I now live with a lovely little cat um (laughs) those of you who know me know that i have a really great appreciation for uh, she's adorable she is absolutely adorable (laughs) and and, and i'm so glad i'm so (laughs) i'm so glad that i've had the opportunity to be on these zoom calls and introduce for example matt and mike to uh my new my new roommate my new cat um april really is the best and for anyone out there who's uh uh, having a tough day or anything. Um, and if there's any way you can spend some time with an affectionate animal, uh, all I have to say is that it it does wonders for your psyche. It does wonders for your emotional state. And, um, (laughs) the, the the cat is just adorable and it's really sort of been an awesome development (laughs) in my life recently, but that's my quarantine and chill for this week.
3: She's really the sweetest, Colin. And, you know, I love what you said about pets because sometimes you'd love a cat and then sometimes you date people that are deathly allergic to cats. And... (laughs) you, oh. so I'm not saying I'm going to break up with him or anything but Justin.
1: <laughs>
0: Justin we still love you buddy even
3: though you can't
1: hang <laughs> with that dude
3: he can't even defend himself <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
3: I, I was looking at, as you are talking Colin about um, I was looking at some pictures from that production of Hamlet that looks so cool I uh, uh,
2: oh my god seriously even there because um, I broke it down for assignments I only had them take a look at two scenes the scene before um the to be or not to be speech and then obviously the to be or not to be speech and Mm -hmm. yeah do a deep dive because um also just the acting and directing choices are so unique and interesting Mm -hmm. and i mean i just always love an opportunity to hear shakespeare's words uh spoken in a modern context whether it be visually or artistically um yeah i can't say enough good stuff about it check it out
3: i love that yeah i would love to i'm gonna try to uh so this week for me uh, i've been lounging about and catching up on some shows uh one of the shows i've been catching up on which is i've seen the first two seasons of and the third one's been out for a while i haven't had a chance to really watch it yet it's dear white people and it's it's how do I describe it? It's I'm a, I'm a big sucker for the like school trope, like be it like high school or college, like people in classes doing things, shows like that. Like I'm I, I like to watch them. And Dear White People is that it's set at a, a fictitious college, but it deals with some really really uh, deep issues with race, which I know is pretty pertinent right now in our current climate. Um, but they also it's also like deliciously campy at the same time. So they're like diving into these really, really hard subjects, but then like everything is sort of like a little bit of a joke afterwards. Like you know, like the the the, the tone of the show is very, very upbeat, which I think is helpful when you're trying to discuss some really heavy topics. Um, and the cast is really, really talented, and it's it's fun. It's it's very it's very it's it's a very fun mixture, and I would definitely recommend it if that's the kind of show you're into. Um, and then another show I've been watching this week, uh, just because it's Steve Carell, is Space Force, uh, and I'm only a couple episodes <laughs> in, <laughs> so I don't have like a full. I can't tell you exactly how the whole thing is, uh, but I will say that watching Steve Carell and then John Malkovich as well, they're like sort of the main duo in it. Seeing their interactions is. It it definitely makes a show for me. Like some of the writing that I've seen is like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe. But like any scene that has Steve Carell and John Malkovich in it is just like "Mm." their comedic timing is priceless, and their characters are just really, really funny. Of course. So um, if you're looking for something a little more lighthearted, I would recommend checking that out.
0: That is definitely on my list. Yeah, it's on mine (laughs) too.
2: I Carell, Netflix
1: I, has been like pushing it and pushing it. Every time I go on Netflix, it's like the first thing I see. So <laughs> you, can't,
2: you can't go wrong with Jung Malkovich and uh,
0: Steve Carell. I will say that. I agree with you, Mikey. So speaking of Netflix, folks, I finished Avatar The Last Airbender. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wow. I haven't yet. I'm a few episodes uh, away. <laughs> I, will, I will try to avoid spoilers, but... Oh, my gosh, it is exactly what my soul needed the last couple of weeks. (laughs) That's what the world soul needs. (laughs) Right, right. What an amazing piece of writing. You know, I mean, from from a a story arc standpoint, for several of the characters, all of the characters, really – um, even the cabbage guy, poor cabbage guy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, I, I, was definitely late to the party, but I am so glad that I arrived. Um, I would, I cannot recommend it highly enough. There are definitely episodes that I'm going to try to use in my classes going forward. Um, especially, you know, like in music and media. Um, but wow. I mean, it, it really got to me <laughs> like, and, and I won't give it away for Isabel, but like, wait till you get to the end. Oh my goodness. Um, ah. I'm just like <laughs> screaming <know>. over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, just really, it, it's, it's about so many things that we all are seeing and struggling with now um, that it is, oddly relevant to the times that we're living in. So um, can't recommend it enough. And thank you to, uh, to Mikey and and everyone else who kind of like pushed me into it. Um, The the boys and I, the boys and I really loved it. And, you know, now we're all like, they're, they're pretending like, you know, which, which uh, power they would have and
1: um,
0: what kind of bender they would be. And like, it's like a whole new generation of, of fans. So,
1: Something about Uh, the episode with the hippies just, I laughed so hard. I don't know why that one was so funny to me. I always remember it. That's my favorite so far.
0: But there, I mean, there's just so many really well done. uh, I I mean, the episode, The Great Divide, um, you know, could be written about so many different places in our world right now. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Really, really great. Um, uh, and, and, you know, sort of to, I know we've talked about this in like the early stage of this, but so animal crossing, oh. um, definitely not what my end of the year procrastination and distraction needed. Um, I, I now, you know, completely understand like how people got wrapped up into it and I, I am. I am announcing it here publicly that KK Slider is on his way to my island. Whoa! So, you heard it them. here at first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. It, it is really distracting to just walk, wander around and like fish and, you know, pull weeds. I, 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 I don't really completely understand it, but it is oddly addicting. Um, <laughs> And then finally, this is not really a current quarantine and chill, but since um, since this is our last episode, um, a, the long-awaited The Last of Us Part 2 is coming out next week. Yes! and I, um, I have pre-ordered oh. it and mm. am ready to just, like, I am ready to be hurt again, as Michael Scott would have said.
1: I'm stressed. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, stressed That's out. <laughs> the way the last one ended, my boyfriend played it. And when he said, oh, the second one's coming out, I'm like, oh. What do we, how is this, what's going to happen? I'm like stressed about, oh gosh.
0: Oh, and some of the, I mean, I've, I've purposely avoided all the spoilers, but oof, it looks really dark. <laughs> um, But I think it'll be, it'll be fun to play. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be, uh, that'll be summer. So there it is.
1: Fabulous. Um, I, so like I said before, my grandmother, and my mom found, my grandmother's college yearbook from 1957 uh she went to umass lowell back when it was lowell state teachers college and yeah and um (laughs) there was one building and she studied music education um she's home now she was in florida um i'm helping take care of her so i see her like three times a week um so i'm finding all this stuff and I'm, i'm asking her more questions about when she was in elementary Uh, She taught elementary band, chorus, and general music. Um, And so I was looking through her yearbook, and it was so funny because, like, the back of the yearbook has the curriculum for music education. So I was reading all the classes she took, um, a lot of child development, which I thought was interesting, and a lot of, um, like, U.S. history stuff. And she had to do um, phys ed every semester. It was a requirement in college, which I thought was really interesting. Um, And... I got to see like a bunch of pictures of her when she did a lot I guess she did a lot of theater I didn't know like half of this stuff um (laughs) and a lot of pictures of her like in different plays and the nickname was the flying feet which I thought was hilarious because she still tries to dance around she's 85 um
0: (laughs) twinkle toes
1: yeah exactly and I got to see my she met my grandfather in college, too, so I saw he was like in every he was like in the Glee Club, in the choir, in the he was in like every single there's like four different choir clubs that he was in and he was in theater, too. Um, nice. and it was Really interesting to see like all of these old pictures and see her being a spaz and knowing that she was she's a spaz now and she was a spaz then. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um I might say i I posted one picture on Facebook of her there was a newspaper article, but once I get more of these pictures, I might post more because I actually I also found her teacher evaluations from the seventies. I guess she saved them in a folder, so I got to read um like what the principal thought of her teaching, which I thought was really interesting and it described her teaching strategies and stuff and I have one here that I thought was really interesting from nineteen seventy seven it says Um, Mrs. LeClaire shows great enthusiasm for her profession. The children that she deals with seem to share her enthusiasm. Um, And then another one says, students enjoy playing their instruments. The more advanced students, Mrs. LeClaire keeps interested by giving them extra material and a chance to perform in smaller ensembles. (laughs) And I was like, hey, we're still doing that now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, God, that's so 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 fascinating. Yeah. And there's a bunch of stuff about um, like they had a chapter for the Music Educators National Convention or Music Education National Convention. And I was reading about it. and I was like, oh, it's like what NAfME is now. It just went by a different name. it's similar to NAfME where they had like a chapter and all the music ed students were a part of it. Because um, they I've, I've read a few of the older journals, but I've, I've, it's it's been super cool to like read through and, and see all this stuff back from the from the 50s and 60s and 70s and all the clothes too. the clothes are fabulous
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah i bet
1: um i started reading an old book from middle school that i had to read as part of like gateway like i got pulled out of one of my enrichments because uh, i was good at english I I, don't, I I know not every school has a gateway program uh, i just read the whole time i never paid attention uh, but I have, I, I got one of the books that I read back then and I actually finished it. I don't think I finished it before because I was surprised by the ending. Um, and it's called um, The House of the Scorpion by Nancy Farmer. And it's, it's really fantastic. It's science, it's futuristic. It's some science fiction. It talks about discrimination. Isabel, um, I, is,
2: yeah. Isabel I, I, I have a question. Is, is yeah. the, does the cover, is the cover black with a red scorpion on it?
1: Um, there's a few different cover arts. The one I have is a black cover with a blue scorpion.
2: Okay. Yeah. I've, I read that in school.
1: It's fantastic. It has it's... like, it won like four big awards.
2: Exactly. Yeah. No. And from what I can remember, it was arguably one of the like offset books that I had to read where I was just like, oh wow, this is actually really well done.
1: Yeah. And there's now a sequel, which I, I ended up getting as well through Amazon. Cause I never read the sequel. And it's it's really fascinating, um, a really good read and a really great underdog story, which I which I loved. And um, and you you by reading like the beginning of the book, you would never have any idea like the plot. Like it's it's to everything. It's always changing. It's super interesting. Um, wild cast of characters. Um, highly recommend it. Really good book. Um, I also watched uh, the Miles Davis documentary on Netflix. That was fantastic. Birth of Cool. Um, I highly recommend it. It goes through his whole life. So good. Oh my gosh. Um, It's wild that he was so popular in like the forties and fifties. And then there was a lull and then he just, he he's like Elton John where he kept learning about what was new and what was hip. And then all of a sudden in the eighties, like right before he dies, he starts getting famous again and doing a bunch of like, um interviews and stuff and his album gets super popular again just it's a fantastic story and it's good because it doesn't just show the good parts of him it also talks about his flaws and it was really it's a really fantastic documentary highly recommend it
0: if you want to follow up to that um his autobiography is is a fascinating read it's just called miles the autobiography um he talks about uh, his struggles with drug addiction and his you know struggles with racism and everything else. It's a very it's a very powerful there's a lot of language in it, but it's it's a very powerful read.
1: Yeah, he swears a lot. I thought that was funny in the <laughs> the documentary. Um I also I don't know if anyone else does this, but I realized recently that I have trouble finishing a show. And I realized this because I started I like binged um Avatar and now I only have four episodes left, and I and now I like can't bring myself to finish it because I'm worried. It's I'm like, oh, it's gonna be done. Then I'm gonna be sad when it's over. But I was <laughs> looking back, and I was like, I've done this with multiple shows, like um, Merlin on Netflix, uh, a show from like 2012. I loved it. I got to the end of it, and then I I think I just watched too many episodes all at the same time, and I haven't finished it. <laughs> I got five seasons through, and I never watched the finale, so I have to go back and watch that but there's like multiple shows I was like I never finished that one I never finished that
2: I I totally I totally relate I I mean for I don't know about you guys but like I I do it all the time with uh books like I'll start a book and get like and like a good way through it like three quarters through it and then I'll just be like yeah I'm gonna start a new one
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just I realized that about myself so that's something I've decided I'm like this summer I'm going to make sure that I finish all these shows that I never finished. And I'll probably have to go back and rewatch a bunch of them. Uh, but I'm like, I'm going to do it. I have the time <laughs> right now. So that's, uh, that's, what's new with me.
3: Well, definitely start with Avatar. I'm a little biased. And then After <laughs> really? you're done with that, there's the whole Legend of Korra, which has four whole seasons of that whole world. Cool. So would recommend that as well to everyone.
1: There's also um,
3: books I've heard that are canon. Yes. Yeah. I was just talking to Matt about this. I those.
1: really
3: want to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. That fills in the story between. So like, it's just a great world. And I think we don't need to touch on it anymore. But if you all don't want to <laughs> then who are you? Um, <laughs> let's talk about some music, guys. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but when the seasons change like my music tastes change sometimes too uh and i feel it most definitely in summer like summer has absolutely very very like like i've got my fall playlist and my like winter songs and spring kind of but like summer is like oh summertime here we go (laughs) so we're going back and just exploring some albums that we've listened to past summers me and justin uh one of the first ones but this was like our big summer album last year was Janelle Monet's Electric Lady. Really cool music. She's just so cool in general. She's the best. I love her. And she's she's like just i love her voice and i love the the her production i don't know how much control she has in the production of her music but like the production on her album is crazy cool and it's well worth a listen to straight through uh because you can kind of listen to it as a full album like that it's straight through album but some songs you should definitely check out to get you moving dance apocalyptic look into my eyes, and we were rock and roll. All of them are so good. They are, as they would say, bops, and they are great. Uh, Another person that I love to listen to uh, is Tune Arts, who is made up of a few people. The really famous one is, her name is Meryl Garbus. Uh, She's a singer. She went to school, I think, to, like, puppetry or something like that in school i don't know what she did but she is multi-talented she's wickedly talented as colin would say
2: talented (laughs) And and she
3: uh she plays a bunch of different instruments um she plays like little uh ukulele sometimes but uh mostly i've seen her when i've seen her perform live she does a lot of percussion so she has these really cool drums that she plays and it's actually like each person in the band it's a trio uh, tune yards but they all take turns sort of playing percussion and sometimes they're all playing percussion at once uh and it's whereas like Andrew Bird creates these awesome layers of of sound with his violin where he layers on different the, different patterns and you have this really beautiful architecture um of these like soaring melodies and stuff it's for them it's just like very rhythmically based so they have all these crazy loops and cross rhythms and polyrhythms going on um it's it's Fun music it's really really it's really really fun to listen to and to dance to so i would definitely recommend that for our summer month uh the album that i know very well is nicky knack came out in 2014 the song water fountain is the really big famous one that came off of it um but also check out left behind Uh, the whole album again is worth listening to and then last person i've talked about him a few weeks prior is moses sumney uh, he just came out with a new album called Gray G R, and then it's like the A E with the A E, like they're like combined. If you knew international phonetic alphabet, it's the A sound. <laughs> uh, I don't know how else to what else to call it. I'm sure there's a name for Your it. Your
0: Chorus teacher is showing, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Better put that away. <laughs> uh, uh, but I've just started listening to it, and it's, it does not disappoint. He he is the one that he uses a lot of his falsetto in his in his singing. Um, and his prior albums, it's like. falsetto singing which is super cool to listen to but this one he's decided to use his full voice a lot more um so it's there's a lot of cool new colors that I I haven't heard from him before so if you are interested in that check it out and that's what I've been listening to
2: love all those music choices and um to walk back a little bit uh because I also am a massive fan of Janelle Monae um, there's a YouTube video and I'm spacing on what the song is right now, but she does a cover of a very famous Michael Jackson's tune. I can't believe I'm spacing on it, but she does a cover with, uh, Kimbra and the two of them do like a duet over a Michael Jackson song. And like, they both are just wailing the whole time. Like their voices are just phenomenal and they work so well together. And plus like it, it, can anybody else dress cooler than Janelle Monet? Like <laughs>
3: it's not possible. her clothes are so cool. Her Everything outfits is.
2: are insane. And like, I feel like she's like on par with like Erica Badu. She has like a different hairstyle every week. Like, Oh, uh, just like <laughs> it's such a, such a style and like just a feel guru. Um, Absolutely. Kudos. yeah, kudos for bringing her out. She's the best. Um, So if we're talking about music this week, um, this week I've actually been listening to a band uh, called Holy Hive, uh, and they are actually a part of Daptone Records, which I know that I've spoken about before in relation to uh, Menahan Street Band and Budos Band, uh, two very instrumental based uh, rock groups. Uh, Rock soul groups, but uh, what I really love about Holy Hive is it's made up of most of the same folks who are in those groups. But uh, you also have, uh, and I I couldn't find his name for for the life of me. But their lead singer has just such a beautiful uh, sort of like blue eyed soul uh, falsetto to everything that he sings, and um, the music is very soulful. It's very rhythm based. Um, the The album that they actually came out with last week. called float back to you i would highly recommend that that to me right now is uh you know cover to cover my favorite album to listen to at the moment um full of some really upbeat sort of funky stuff and then at the same time they really pull it back and the instrumentation is just absolutely fantastic um if i had to give a recommendation of a song they do a phenomenal phenomenal Cover of Red is the Rose. Uh so if nice. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you'd like that. Um, so uh Holy Hive, the album's called Float Back to You. And if you're looking for just one uh Bop, if you will, Red is the Rose is the way to go. Um uh I've also been deep diving on some older stuff that I hadn't listened to in a while specifically. Uh, I've been listening to The Tallest Man on Earth, and yes, that is the name of the band, and yes, that is just one person, and he's not that tall, just to make the joke that we all <laughs> want <to> hear. Um, <laughs> he's hear. He's not that tall, uh, but uh, Tallest Man on Earth, yes, uh, one singer-songwriter, and uh, I'm having trouble pronouncing his name, so I'm just not even going to try, but uh, I believe he's from Switzerland, and... Really just amazing folk guitar playing, uh, all finger picking. And when you listen to his songs, it sounds like there's like four different acoustic guitars playing at once. Uh, And his voice is, is so unique and interesting again i've had some people come to me and say his voice is annoying but again uh, i have sort of a really distinct taste when it comes to certain vocals i think if you're if you're akin with like enjoying the vocal tones of like bob dylan you'll really enjoy what tallest man on earth is doing um just to sort of uh cap off that two albums that i highly highly recommend uh the wild hunt which came out i believe four or five years ago and Shallow Grave, which came out before that, uh, some songs that uh, really have just sort of uh, I've rediscovered and I highly recommend uh, some songs are King of Spain, Kids on the Run and The Gardener. Uh, again, that's Tallest Man on Earth. Uh, if you're into sort of the singer songwriter vibe and, and again, he's he's still making music now. So it's great to see this aspect or, or, or genre of music sort of still continuing to move forward. So I would highly recommend that. Um, and then, uh, someone else I've actually reconnected with a lot specifically this past week was, um, George Harrison, who obviously, uh, was a member of the Beatles, but at the same time, I thoroughly relate and connect to his solo work. Um, specifically his album, all things must pass. Uh, especially in relation to where things are are right now in our society and in our world. These are just a few songs that I think I know have really sort of been a, a good positive feel for me uh, during these times. Uh, certain songs are My Sweet Lord, uh, Isn't It a Pity, and specifically Give Me Love. If you're looking for something to pick you up right now as you are listening to this podcast, Pause it, look up Give Me Love by George Harrison, and uh, you will be, you will, you will thank me. I promise. I promise. Um, The way I put it is vibes for the betterment of us all right now. Um, And uh, just because it is the last episode uh, of our podcast here, I'm just going to throw a smattering of names out right now that I really believe to be. Uh, current artists who are making quote-unquote important music at the moment, so take these as, as you will. Uh, singer, songwriter, and guitarist Leon Bridges. Uh, singer, songwriter, and uh, lead singer of uh, Alabama Shakes, Brittany Howard. Uh, drummer of uh, the Fearless Flyers and multiple other groups, Nate Smith. Uh, Rapper uh, Childish Gambino Rapper Tyler the Creator And uh, someone who I've brought up in episodes before The late great Charles Bradley These are just naming a few current artists That are making some really important music Um, uh, I I wanted to take the opportunity this week Just to throw out uh, some music choices That I believe to be uh, really phenomenal right now These are people who are Um, really aware of their place uh, in music and more importantly are consistently pushing forward their ideals, which uh, is just a beautiful thing. So lots of stuff that I'm listening to this
0: week uh, that about wraps it up though. Thank you for that, Colin. Um, Sort of on a similar track this week. uh, I I feel a responsibility with all that's going on to, to educate myself more fully uh, in the music of protest and the music of, um, the, uh, of people of color that have come uh, before. So I'm, I'm making a, a, a project, a personal project to try to, um, diversify my own knowledge of, um, of that experience. Um, cause I think it's something we all could stand to do. Um, so in that vein, uh, I just wanted to share a couple of things, First is Billie Holiday's "Strange Fruit," which um, is a masterful song in in from a songwriting standpoint. But the message is probably even more important. If you've never heard that, please give it a listen. It's
3: haunting. It's absolutely haunting.
0: It's it's absolutely. I mean, it's it's terrifying. Well, it's um, beautifully terrifying. Absolutely right, right. Um, uh, Charles Mangus's Fables of Fobus, uh, another sort of protest song um, about the segregated South. Um, and then uh, there's a lot of really great material that Wynton Marsalis has put out, uh, including his Harvard lectures on the history of jazz, which I would recommend everybody watch at some point. Um, but his album Blood on the Fields is uh, about the experience of um African-Americans in our country, uh, and it's a great place to start. And I have a long way to go, but I'm, I'm pleased to be put on this journey. Um, and it happened too late, but I'm glad I'm getting a start on it now.
1: Yeah, I, I feel similarly. I found an account. Um, I highly recommend everyone go follow this on Instagram. It's called Institute for Composer Diversity. And this week, they're doing a Woodwind Week. So every day it's a new, um, it's like six composers and it's a different instrument. So like mm, two days ago, it was like a bunch of um, flute playing, um, not flute playing, sorry, (laughs) a bunch of composers. And every day it's for a different instrument and it's talking about um, diversity. And it's really interesting because I realized, I was like, I, I don't recognize a lot of these names in it. And I've used that to sort of, to sort of educate myself a little bit more on a, on a lot of this, and I've been sharing it with my friends too. Especially if it's their instrument on their day, I'm like, hey, check this out! Check out a bunch of these artists. Um, so I've also been on the on the education journey, and I've been listening to Miles Davis's Kind of Blue album because we watched the documentary. So we've been listening to it in my house um, around dinner time and stuff. Um, for those of you who listened last week, I talked about a video uh, by Zoe Amira. And all of the ads went toward uh, the Black Lives Matter different organizations that supported advocacy. And I found a song from it that I really liked by Nyota Parker called "Transcend." Um, it's super cool. It's like it's good vibing, <laughs> and I really liked it. So I've that's what I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, and then I've been listening to Childish Gambino's "This Is America," which I checked just now on YouTube. It has. Six hundred and eighty-one million views. Holy crap! Oh that's a lot God. of views. <laughs> and oh I was like, God. whoa. Uh, and I that was when that came out. I remember that was another like educational moment for me. And it's a it's an amazing piece of art. Even not even not even just the song, but the video is incredible. The video, yes. Holy cow! So, and before we go into quarantine quotes, I want to make a note that. Um, matt made a lovely post yesterday last night and it currently has 156 shares
3: he's going viral people
1: yeah so you went viral Matt.
0: (laughs) it's a little weird i gotta be honest but i'm i'm glad that particular (laughs) message is getting out there so
3: it was a good one
1: i opened this like 10 minutes ago because i got the notification that people that i knew had shared it so i clicked on it and i was like oh how many shares so, like ten minutes ago it was at one fifty one so, in the last ten minutes, five more people have shared it. so you you're 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 going viral. <laughs> wow, that's amazing that's pretty yeah, cool It's a little weird, but with a good uh, message. Th- if
0: anything was gonna get out there
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got
0: all right well let's let's close it out with our our final quarantine quotes um and we got some good ones for you. So, Colin, why don't you lead us off?
2: Sure thing. Um, okay. So yes, it's the last episode here, friends. And, um, uh, just, uh, two quotes for you, both relatively personal, um, or, or rather short rather (laughs) here I am reading the wrong thing. Um, they're both relatively short, but I think they are, um, they're, they're two of my most favorite quotes. And, uh, I think they cap things off pretty well here. Um, The first is uh, in relation to art, and um, I don't actually know who said this quote, and it it was something that uh, sort of came out of a summer session that I taught with the, um, the Days in the Arts program up at Tanglewood, and it was something that we all sort of kept saying to each other and that we all sort of got behind. And it simply is, art is personal, but don't take it personally. And if I were to just sort of speak on that a little bit more, art is personal to you. Your art that you make is always personal to you, and no one can ever change that. But at the same time, the don't take it personally is simply you can't please everyone. And more importantly, if you try to go that route, you may end up losing what's important to you. So uh, just a little quote there that I really do enjoy. And then this might as well be my send-off here. Uh, It's from arguably one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, The Truman Show, and it's spoken by Jim Carrey's uh, character in it. And it simply goes, if I don't see you, good
0: afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thank you, Colin. Great choices to to close us out. Um, I have a couple for you. This first, obviously, is from Avatar. Because it just has to be, um, and uh, I could probably we could probably fill a book with quotes from Uncle Iro, uh, who is one of my favorite characters in the series. But. Absolutely. Um, uh, so this is the one I chose. He says, "You must never give in to despair. Allow yourself to slip down that road, and you surrender to your lowest instincts. In the darkest times, hope is something you give yourself." That is the meaning of inner strength. And then I wanted to share um, some words from Robert F. Kennedy, who um, celebrated uh, a, a anniversary this past week. Um, and I, I often think what, what a great loss it was um, for him to be, a, be taken when he was. Um, but his words live on, and I think this one is very pertinent to where we are right now. He wrote, or he said, Few will have the greatness to bend history itself, but each of us can work to change a small portion of events. It is from numberless, diverse acts of courage and belief that human history is shaped. Each time a man stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, he sends forth a tiny ripple of hope. And crossing each other from a million different centers of energy and daring those ripples build a current which can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance.
3: Wow, that man was such an amazing speaker.
2: So perfect.
3: I didn't get a chance to ever quote Gandalf during these, so I had to choose a Gandalf quote today. (laughs) yes this is the one i woke up it was sort of like i woke up and this is the first thing that popped into my mind this morning um just this quote because it's it, it sticks with you well here at last dear friends on the shores of the sea comes the end of our fellowship go in peace i will not say do not weep for not all tears are evil
0: I love Lord of the Rings so much. Uh, (laughs) Killing me over here.
1: I know, man. So on the uh, trend of taking a quote from something in um, mainstream, we got Avatar, we got uh, Gandalf. (laughs) My quote is not as emotional as everyone else's. I'm not great with goodbyes. So my quote is, so long and thanks for all the fish from the <laughs> hikers oh! guide to the galaxy yeah! <laughs> that's, that's perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh
0: well for all of us uh we want to thank you for being a part of this and for tuning in um we'll be taking a break for the summer uh so again thank you for all of you who reached out and listened to us over the past 10 weeks it's been an incredible journey and something i know all of us have enjoyed sharing with you we hope to be back again in the fall and until then we hope you all are well and keep in touch
3: stay strong everyone we love you very deeply and we'll see you in the fall stay safe
2: everybody much
3: love